It's the Ozman right here on your classic metal show with you can't kill rock and roll. And, uh, you know, I'm, that's a, I believe that's a, uh, philosophy that our good friend, uh, Bob Nobandian lived by. I certainly agree with that. He definitely, he would not be happy with all the, the weeping and sadness. He'd be like, fucking straighten up, bitch. (laughs) Well, we're, we're here to, uh, you know, talk about Bob and, uh, and you know, he definitely was a guy that, uh, we enjoyed knowing and gotten to know over boy how long how how long did we know bob i mean when when did we first come in contact with him was this after you came back no no no, actually he tried he actually helped fill in some of my shows uh when you were gone yeah he he discovered us and i think it's it might be one of the clips if it's not one of the clips that i sent you it's well it's the clip that you played at the beginning where he, he listened to the best of the classic metal show yeah that was like 2006 or something. Yeah. yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. So, I mean, he's been with us for what, 15 years? Yeah. Well, 06, 16, 15, 16, 17 years. Yeah. 17 years. Wow. Again, with this the math, you know, we think it's, we think it's a couple of years and then we look at it. We're like, fuck, it's two decades. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, it's it's really difficult to think that. Holy shit, we we've been friends with Bob that long. Yeah, well, I mean, dude, I mean, think about it. In the time that we were friends with Bob, he made if my if my count is right, nine movies. Yeah, the porn movie, Band versus Brand, all six of the Bay Area Godfathers, and um, well, that's eight. What was the other one? There's one more in there somewhere. I know there is something else that he was involved in. There, there, there's a ninth. I know that, but nine movies just in the time that we've known Bob. Right. Right. It's a lot of work, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, now that <laughs> geez, I hate to, I hate to think that, but man, you're, you're absolutely right. And, uh, here, here's, uh, yeah, this is, uh, I think, um, I think Bob reached out to us. I think you actually fielded his first email to us. I think probably. And I I think you um, forwarded on to me because he was involved with that hard radio. Right. Yeah. And I didn't like Tracy Barnes. Yeah. 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 And uh, you know, he's, you say, Hey, I got this email from this cool guy. This guy's got a real history and metal and so on and so forth. And uh, I think we invited him on. Probably so. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then we're just like, yeah, we got to, we, and so here, here's actually the clip uh, you were talking about or making reference to when Bob came on. And I believe this was about 2006. Yeah. First time he was on the show, I right? Hear you guys do remember. <laughs> oh, I remember. <laughs> I, I was well. absolutely frightened, man. I, I got to tell you, man, when I first heard that show, holy shit, man. Which <laughs> the show best was of the classic, the classic metal show. You know, I, 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 when I started the podcast, I was listening to other podcasts and I came across your show and I'm going awesome, man. These guys are great doing classic metal. Cause you know, as you know, most of the podcasts, heavy metal podcasts, they're all like new bands and you know, the same old shit, but you know, here's you guys doing this classic metal interviews with all my favorite bands, adding a great sense of humor. So I'm like, great, this is awesome. 
And I started listening to a few of the podcasts, and then I saw the best of the classic metal show. So I said, wow, this is going to be great. I could listen to this one show, hear segments of all the interviews from that year, and then kind of go back and listen to them, and I could get, you know, listen to it all on one take. It was a six-hour show, and dude, I have not heard any show with so much verbal abuse by <laughs> your callers and other people. It was great. I, I, I actually sat through all six hours and just couldn't believe it after hearing it. It's like, wow, these guys are awesome, man. This is what, what metal radio should be, you know, and uh, you don't get this kind of stuff anymore. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of the show, absolutely. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> a, ring, a ringing endorsement from, uh, from our good friend Bob. That's right. So, um, wow. Yeah, that's a long time. So, uh, anyway, uh, Bob, Bob was a frequent guest here on the show and, and, um, you know, he would fill us in with what he had going on as far as his projects were concerned, or, you know, he, uh, would just chime in just to get, be a part of a discussion we were having and sure, you know, lend his insight and, uh, his personal experience with, um, maybe an artist we were talking about or a, a certain subject. And, you know, he took us back to, uh, things that, uh, filled us in on things we, you know, weren't aware of. And, uh, the guy had a, um, a, uh, archive, uh, of, uh, stuff that he did, you know, as far as having his own print magazine, uh, yeah, which, headbanger, which, which is, uh, you know, something you did, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you started a print magazine and, and ran that for a few years. And sure. uh, so, so you two had that in common and mm -hmm. uh, had the drive to do that. And then uh, Bob branched out into uh, managing bands and, you know, helping various musicians connect with other musicians and managed and worked with the record labels, worked with record companies. So this yeah. guy had a rich history of, uh, his whole career from, from the time he was a teenager until, uh, um, just yesterday, the guy's yeah. uh, whole life was nothing but uh, music. And let's not forget that he was one of the, one of the originals with us and talking metal in the podcasting we're in the hard rock, heavy metal podcasting world. Yeah. True. You know, I mean, skull sessions was one of what came out like literally what six months after we did. Right. I mean, it was right at the beginning. You yeah, know. He, he was, you know, as you heard in that clip, he was listening to other podcasts to see what they were doing mm -hmm. and kind of helped him formulate uh, his own podcast, his own uh, show and put sure. his own show. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's that's what he did. Yeah. I and mean, Bob was Bob was he was that kind of guy. He was always up to something. And he didn't want any credit for any of it. That was always the thing with Bob. You'd be like, you, you know, and I'm sure you can share on this too, but you would tell Bob something like he would send us a, um, he would send us the, 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 what do you call those? The screener links to watch right. the, to watch the movies before they came out. Yeah. And a lot of times he'd send them to us. He'd be like, Hey, if you see anything that's spelled wrong or, you know, or there's something that's edited wrong or something, you know, let me know where it is so I can fix it, blah, blah, blah. And we would watch them. And I know for me, I would hit him back. I'd be like, dude, this was fucking great. I like this. And I like that, man. Great work. And he'd be like, oh, man, don't. It's it's not about that. It's about the, you know, it's about the music. Yeah. He never would be like, yeah, yeah, I did do something fucking fantastic here. You know, and um, and he, um, you know, he was that kind of a guy. He would not take. 
he wouldn't take like positivity and, and, and just wear it on, you know, I think he took it. I think he internalized it, but I think he, he was uncomfortable with it. He was uncomfortable for somebody to say, yeah, man, you did a good thing. He was much more comfortable kind of staying behind the scenes and being behind being not, not in front of, you know, he didn't want to be the name. He just wanted to do good work. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, for, for, uh, what, you know, we understood what, uh, he had to go through cause you know, those, uh, inside metal documentaries had a lot of interviews and sure. it took, uh, it took a lot of time and effort to schedule those interviews with those various people, a lot of travel, you know, he right. was traveling between, uh, you know, Southern California and Northern California. And I think he was even out to like Las Vegas and various other places to, to catch up with, you know, these various people who, who, uh, he interviewed for these mm -hmm. documentaries. And, you know, it, it took, uh, it took a good close to two years per documentary to, to get them all put together and, and, you know, gather the material and gather the B roll and the background footage mm -hmm. and, and all that other stuff. It was a tireless effort, uh, for him to put this together. And, you know, when we would catch up with him during the filming of a documentary, he was just like, yeah, you know, I had to spend a week in, uh, the, you know, San Francisco. And then I had to travel to Las Vegas and I was there for three or four days. And then I had right. to go back to orange County. Then I had to you know, back and forth with, with him and his, uh, you know, his, his, um, his, uh, video guy. Yeah. No, he was always, dude, I, I, I think I logged more miles on the phone with Bob uh, on those trips because Bob, Bob would call me a lot. Like he did. It's funny. He would listen to the CMS. Like he, he would download all the episodes from the week before prior to a drive. Cause he knew he had a long drive and he just, he was a, you know, I, I, I he was a legitimate fan of what we do not to pat us on the back. I'm just saying he was a, he definitely was a fan of the CMS and my phone would ring at every time he was traveling, my phone would ring and he'd be like, dude, I was just listening to this segment, blah, 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 blah. And I laughed my ass off when you said this and Neely said that, like he was actively listening to it. I'd be like, well, what are you doing? Well, I got to go down here to, to do this. Or I, I got two interviews to do tomorrow with so-and-so and, you know, and then I'm going back to Northern California or maybe I'll stay in Southern California for a week and go see my mom or something, you know, but he was always, and I was always like, dude, you are running on fumes. He's like, ah, man, you know, it's just, it's just part of what I do. You know, it's, it's all good. You know, never, never. A, yeah, you're right, dude. This fucking sucks doing all this driving. Sure. You know, he was always like, yeah, you know, it's just kind of what I do. He loved it. He, he he loved it and he would never take credit for it. even like littler things that he did. He did them because he loved them like T radio V. Oh yeah. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. I mean, but he did that just because he loved doing it, not because he needed it. I don't, I don't think he got paid doing it. He just, no. he just loved doing it. And, and he did great work when he did it. You know, he was always ahead of the curve. He was, he was a passionate guy toward the metal. He just was not very, he wasn't the guy to ever come out and say, yeah, I'm Bob fucking now bandied. And this is my show motherfucker. You know? Yeah. Well, he, he, he definitely wasn't a flashy guy at all. 
No, I'm, not at all. I'm like somebody here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, he he definitely wasn't a flashy guy, very very low key, very humble, very sure. you know, he he certainly wasn't uh, you know, the star of the show as it were. Right. And, and uh, you know, if you ever watch uh the documentaries that he he did do, uh he's rarely ever on the screen. It, yeah. It, all focused on uh the subject at hand or the person that he was interviewing or whatever mm -hmm. once in a while you'd hear him chime in with a question or something or right you might see him in the uh you know the nb roll uh, you know as the credits are rolling or something but he was never in the videos you know he was never no. in the documentaries yeah he didn't want to be like i like i said earlier i watched i watched back today uh bay area godfathers one and two and in combined he's in for one scene he's actually in one scene mm -hmm. and that the only time he's in any of the scenes is um when he was sitting there with jason becker and he was you know he was sitting next to jason becker's mom wife girlfriend i don't know who that girl is the translator girl uh-huh and that was the only time bob was sitting there and then there was one other time when he was talking to marty friedman and friedman and him got talking a little bit Friedman was talking about some gig that some fans drove him to. And, and they were talking about when Bob, and he just pointed at him, he goes, and you set me up with this gig, you know? And it was like the only time that Bob was like referenced in the whole two videos, three right. hours of video. Right. Exactly. You know, it's a, he just was that guy. He did not want the attention. He just wanted the, the work. He wanted the craft. Yeah. And, and that he did. And, you know, speaking of the documentaries and the, in the first few, uh, documentaries, um, the inside metal documentaries, even though you and I, uh, didn't contribute or, or appear in any of them, he always put us in the credits. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he told me, cause I asked him about that and I'm sure you probably did too, but I asked him, I said, dude, why are we in this? We didn't do anything. And he was like, dude, you guys promote my stuff better than anybody does. So, you know, and and he was literally giving us credit just for having him on the show. And, and we would have had him on, you know, just like we would have anybody on the show that's doing a something cool. You know, if they're doing something cool and something about rock and metal, we would have had anybody on. But we had Bob on a lot. Dude, it's crazy. I, I did a quick search on our channel, on the CMS channel on YouTube. Mm -hmm. 34 episodes. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's an astronomical amount of appearances, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot of appearances. I mean, and figure each, each one of those is an hour, you know, that's 34 hours of show that Bob did with us. Yeah. And, and he, he co-hosted a whole, whole show with me at one time. Yeah. In, yeah. in your absence. Yeah, he, he did. I mean, he, it, and I mean, I, I, I know, you know, in the later years, you know, I co-hosted for him, like when he was going, he was having throat surgery and I don't know if you remember that, but I mm -hmm. ended up stepping in and doing skull sessions for him, you know, because that was kind of the relationship that we had built was that, you know, we we're all kind of a team, you know, we were, we were a team together. And, and I mean, honestly, you know, I don't know how many people know this, but that Bob is the reason there is a CMS network. It, it started as you know, I was, we were doing our thing. Bob was doing his thing and we were both just promoting each other's episodes every week. 
you know, Bob would put out an episode and me or you would say, Hey, you know, don't forget, check out skull sessions this week. Bob's talking to, you know, John Bush or whoever he was talking to. And Bob would do the same thing with us on his show. He'd be like, yeah, I was watching the classic metal show. Make sure you check it out. The classic show.com. You know, he'd be, he'd be plugging us. And I just said to him one day, I said, why don't we just fucking work together on this shit? You know, why don't we just form a, a network? And the network was formed. It was, it was Skull Sessions, Classic Metal Show, and um, that was right at the time Matt and I were starting Aftershocks, and Matt right. was also the co-host of um, Skull Sessions. Right. So it really was just our our little couple of few shows that we were doing that led to, you know, now I'm turning it into my full-time job. Right. You know, and that came out of Bob. That was, you know, I can't say enough, I mean, enough strong things about Bob and about you know, his contributions, his contributions never were, Hey, I'm Bob Nalbandian. You know, they were always behind the scenes. No, they were always behind the scenes and quiet. And, you know, it's a, it's a true Testament to him that like, I don't know if you saw, did you see any of the celebrities that posted about him? Yeah. Yeah. I saw the on blabbermouth and, you know, yeah. on brave words and stuff. Yeah. I mean, Dave Mustaine, basically said you guys got rust in peace because of this guy that's basically what he said on on um on his facebook today mm -hmm. you know and what a compliment what a compliment to say i met marty freeman because of bob nalbandian right exactly you know i mean wow you know some of the greatest metal i mean whether people agree or not i think most people agree that rust in peace is a top five metal album of all time. Yeah, absolutely. That comes from at least some effort from Bob Nalbandian. Right. You know, Metallica, how many, you know, Lars Ulrich posting about Bob Nalbandian today, obviously a player in that, in that realm, you know, in, in their, in the early days of their scene, you know, I mean, it's like, Holy smokes, this guy was you know, at least played a part in so much of the music that we listened to. And he never was out front about it. He was always behind the scenes and quiet about it. And it's good to see that everybody is, is, you know, expressing, expressing that sentiment that he was important. Right. Well, you mentioned T radio V uh, that, that yeah. was, uh, that was an interesting um, project uh, that, that Bob's friend had, you know, invested this money into this for, for lack of a better term, a, a internet television studio. Sure. And, uh, you know, I, I was invited you, we were all invited to go out to the screenings of, um, of the, uh, inside metal. Right. And, and I did make the trip out to, uh, go to a couple of the screenings. Sure. And, and, uh, they had it in, uh, you know, this, this small theater that, right. uh, you know, was an old time theater in, in West Hollywood or North Hollywood rather, I believe. And, uh, while I was out there, I was given the opportunity to go check out this T radio V, uh, setup. Right. And, um, it, it was, uh, it was definitely an interesting concept that, uh, it was, you know, T radio V, which was television radio. Right. Which is where that uh, came from. 
And uh, Bob, you know, out, off of the uh, back of the Inside Metal video series, he he decided to do an Inside Metal television show uh, that aired, I believe, on Mondays, if I'm not mistaken. They yeah. did, yeah. Mm-hmm. And through the technology of the internet, he invited us to come on and through the, you know, the use of webcams, obviously, which is what we're doing today. Sure. And, and this was way back in 2015. Uh, we were doing this. We, we were guests on T radio V like guest co-host type things right? Uh, through video through, through the webcam video and stuff. And he allowed us, he wanted us to be a part of his T radio V television show. Yeah. And, and they were able to, you know, beam us in as it were and, and be part of his uh, broadcast, which was, which was very cool. It was very cutting edge. Yeah, it was way ahead of today. Yeah, exactly. You know, back back then, I mean, it was a real, it was really iffy if it was going to work. Right. You know, you know I think, because I, I, I do remember the phone calls ahead of that, and Bob was like, well, if, if you get cut off, just, just try again and try and connect again. Yeah. You know, he was so worried that we weren't going to be able to do it, and it went off pretty flawlessly, yeah, I thought. It went off pretty well. I actually watched a, an episode of it today. Okay. Uh, it was out there on the, still on the YouTube out there. Right. And, uh, you know, he invited us in to uh, be a part of his show, which, which was, which was pretty cool. And, and, uh, you know, we, we thought that, well, this is going to be kind of the future of television, which in general it is because we're doing it now. Sure. You know, and, uh, you know, this was seven years ago, eight, almost eight years ago already. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, they had a pretty cool setup over there. The, the, you know, they invested a lot of money in the, in the, uh, studio and the equipment and the camera and the internet feed. And, you know, unfortunately it didn't last, uh, it, it lasted a couple years, I think. And, you know, I, I guess they're just, it just didn't generate the money that they had hoped that it would make, you yeah. know, through commercial support and things. But, uh, the concept was, uh, was great for that time. And, uh, Bob took advantage of it and, you know, had his inside metal show on there and he had a couple of our friends on there. He had the V from a Benedictum on, and he had Don Dockin on and, uh, who else did he have in as studio? Jeff Scott Soto was in, um, um, uh, Steven Adler was on it at one point. Um, uh, just a bunch uh, John five was on it. I mean, he had a bunch. And again, that was another weird thing about Bob. Bob knew everybody. Yes, he did. And, and, and that'll lead into, you know, meeting Bob for the first time and having the opportunity to, uh, attend the NAM shows, you know, sure. for, for several years. And, you know, one of the reasons I even went to NAM is because Bob was going to be there. Right. But because of Bob knowing everybody, uh, for, to go to NAM, unless you've been to NAM, it, it's, it's held at the Anaheim, uh, convention center over there. Right. And, and this thing is massive. It's, it's five floors of convention center. And wow. unless you know where you're going or who's going to be, uh, you know, have a display there or, or, you know, whatever, uh, you would be lost. You know, well, not you, only that, let's, let's even go back before that part. If you didn't know somebody you weren't getting in. Well, yeah, you, you had to get a, you have to get a pass, you know, but you and, get the pass only if, if you know, the pass it, comes with a hookup. It, it basically. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, and so fortunately, the last time I went to Nam, uh, we've built this show up to where I was able to get a pass through the CMS uh, on standing on its own. But sure. prior to that, I had to get it through somebody else. Right, order- which would have been Bob. Exactly. And uh, actually, um, uh, who was it that hooked me up a couple of times was, um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but Bob hooked me up with the people who had the ability to get me passes to get in this thing. And uh, yeah, had it not been for Bob, I would have never got to go to NAM because NAM is NAM is a closed thing. It's not open to the public and you, you got to know somebody to get in and Mm -hmm. it's like an exclusive club. And this thing was so huge and it lasts for days. It kicks off, I believe on Wednesday and runs through Sunday. And uh, I usually would fly out on Wednesday and Thursday is when things get cranking up out there. And Bob uh, and Toby, uh, Toby, who did a lot of, who did a lot of the voiceover work on the inside metal uh, DVDs. Um, I met up with him and Bob and several other Bob's friends, and he would lead us through the NAM uh, showrooms uh, for three days in a row. Uh, hooking, you know, basically introducing me to everybody he knew and he knew everybody, he knew that that was, that was always, go ahead, go ahead. He he knew what booth was where every booth was and who was going to be at this booth and you know, who, who was this? And he, he introduced me to so many people, uh, over the years that I went and Mm -hmm. it was like, wow. I got to meet Steve Vai. I got to meet, um, uh, you know, uh, the, the guitarist from, um, Exodus, uh, Gary Holt. Yeah. Gary Holt ran into him several times and ran into, uh, obviously our good friend, Jack Frost was out there numerous times and, sure. you know, he, just, just a bunch of different people, you know, the guys from armored saint, he introduced me to the guys from armored saint, you know, they yeah. were always there and, and he introduced me to Gus G and, you know, he just, he just would walk up and say, Hey, Bob, everybody knew Bob, everybody knew. And it was just like hanging with Bob was just like your past to, uh, meeting anybody you wanted to know. Yeah. Well, and, and dude, and that stretched into the radio world, you know, again, going back before, you know, obviously we know a lot of people now, but it was, it was always like. You know, I mean, for just to just to share, you never ask somebody else to do a direct hookup. Most of the for the interview side, for for the you know this side of things, it, if you know somebody knows somebody, you ask them who to contact. You don't ask them, hey, can you can you get Lars Ulrich on my show? You know, you ask them, hey, who do I talk to to get Lars on the show or whatever, and. I know a lot of times I I would just hit dead ends when I'd be looking for guests and I would, I would call Bob and I'd be like, Hey man, do you know anybody that that's in the, this person's camp or that person's camp? And Bob was always like, Oh, I, I got him in my phone. Let me call him for you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And that was how it was with Bob. Right. Bob, Bob was always, and he would do it. You know, a lot of people would say, yeah, yeah, let me call him up. And then they never do, you know, you would ask Bob and then Bob would throw you a text and he'd be like, Hey, can you talk to David Ellison next Wednesday? You know, and be like, 
Yeah. Okay. And, and, and it would happen. And it was, it was such a Bob had, he just knew every single person of any stature, big or small. And, and not only did he know them, but he was, he was a true friend to all of them, all of us, you know, right. all of us, all the, you know, these rock guys that are posting today, the biggest rock guys in the business, they're posting about their friend passing away. They're not posting about, um, you know, Hey, here's a manager guy that we knew, <laughs> you know, they're, they're posting deep feeling that everybody knew Bob, right? Everybody. It's crazy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the, you know, one of the biggest honors that I've had being involved with the classic metal show or being involved in this music business is the fact that, uh, he asked us to be a part of a couple of his documentaries. Obviously, uh, I, it was right place, right time. He asked me if I wanted to be a part of, uh, the band versus brand. Uh, the only reason I was in that is because I was attending Nam, Right. And I was there and he was just mm -hmm. like, and, uh, I hooked them up with Nader and, right. uh, you know, Nader was there. I don't know that if he knew Nader, he, I think he ran into him or knew him years ago, but he, he got to know Nader better, you know, through me, right. you know, and he got to know Don a little bit better. You know, he always thought Don was a dick, but <laughs> yeah. he, he got to know Don through, you know, my association with him and vice versa, you know? And, uh, it was only for the fact that I was at Nam that he said, Hey, I'm, I'm doing, um, this thing for Cleopatra called band versus brand. Uh, you, do you want to be in it? I'm just like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, of course. Hell yeah. And I, I didn't know what he was going to ask or what was, you know, it was all impromptu. It's just like, okay, we'll go sit on the couch over there and, uh, we're going to start rolling. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's exactly how it went too. And, uh, you know, he, he introduced me to Wolf Hoffman, uh, of except sure. uh, we were at Wolf Hoffman's, uh, hotel room at Nam, and, you know, he was filming Wolf for some of his, uh, you know, inside metal stuff. And while I was there, uh, he was just like, yeah, he says, I'll get a few comments from you while you're sitting here. So he rolled, uh, you know, video for, uh, for inside metal, you know, and said, right. I don't know how much of this will make you know, make the cut, but, uh, Hey, I got it here and, you know, so on and so forth. So yeah, it was a, it was a big honor to be asked, Hey, do you want to be a part of this? It's like, hey, fuck yeah. I want to be a part of that. Yeah. And it's funny because to him, it wasn't it, to him. It wasn't a big deal to, to, to me. And I'm with you. One of the biggest honors I've had doing this was being in these movies. One of the biggest things I was, I've ever been able to do is fucking show my mom me on Hulu, you <laughs> sure. know, you know, and, and I know that sounds stupid and egotistical and I don't care, dude. That was the coolest thing ever was showing my mom, this documentary Bay area Godfathers one, and we're watching it. And all of a sudden there I am talking, Yeah, you know, and, and my mom was like, Holy shit. Are you kidding me? And I was like, oh yeah, mom, it's just something I did. You know, yeah. <laughs> I totally played it off, but it, it was, I, I mean, being in the videos for me is arguably one of the top, top things, one of the top business professional things that I've done since I've been in the music radio, whatever business that we're in. It, it was an honor to be in that. Absolutely. You know, and, and for me, 
looking at Bay Area Godfathers too. I watched it again. I watched it today. I'm in it as much as Lars. As much as Lars. Yeah. This is this is the biggest rock star in the fucking world. Yeah. And and they got me in it talking in in like the same number of segments as Lars, talking about you know bullshit stuff, but whatever. It, it, and I don't know how Bob did that. I don't know how he remembered that I had said X about Laz Rocket, and then then Jeff Thorpe said something about Laz Rocket, and you know because it. it you know, I, I mean, I know how Bob did the, did the, his segments with me and, um, you know, he sent me a bunch of questions that had nothing to do with Laz rocket. And I just happened to mention them and somehow it all came out to where they ended up doing a piece, a section about Laz rocket in the, in the DVD. And it's like, wow, you know, that must've come together nicely somehow. I don't know how, but it did. It, it, the dude had a, he had an eye for it, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a couple years in a row, I got to go and, uh, be a part of the, uh, heavy metal walk of fame, uh, induction ceremony. And sure. Bob, uh, you know, introduced me to, um, uh, your, your friend from, uh, what was it? Uh, concrete records. Oh, Tom Hazard. No. Well, him, I met him, uh, or, or is it, uh, pay, 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 what, what, what's, an, Who, what's who's the person? The, he's a dark haired guy. I can't, I'm just trying to think he he's, I sent you a couple of video clips where he was, um, what is his name? He's a, he's a guy that you dealt with through pavement records or something. Concrete management, pavement records. Um, I don't know. Anyway, we'll, yeah. we'll figure it out. And <clears throat> you know, just Muncie. Just, yes. Him, Muncie. That's him. Muncie Ricci. Okay. Yeah, him, him. Yeah. He was Skateboard. there skateboard skateboard i knew it was one of those yeah and you know obviously you dealt with him for obviously years sure but he he was well aware of you and uh hazard i met him and of course uh, dave ellison i got to you know work you know work with him uh do a round round table session with uh him and um uh you know i'm so bad with names right now <laughs> can't think our, our, our author friend from England, jo, uh, Joel MacGyver. Yeah. But Joel MacGyver. Right. I got to meet him and, and, you know, at, at NAM as well. Sure. You know, he introduced me to, to him and just, you know, uh, uh, Carmine a piece, you know, mm -hmm. it, it just, he just, again, he just knew everybody. He, everybody, there, there was literally nobody that he, I don't think I ever said to Bob, Hey, do you know this guy? And he was like, he, he would say, no, he might say, yeah, I, I've run into him once or twice, but he never, you'd be like, Hey man, do you know Rob zombie? Yeah. I ran into Rob back in the, you know, and he'd have a story. He'd be like, yeah, back in 91, they were trying to get signed. And I, you know, I, you know, and, and you know, this is a piece that Bob never talked about. Did you happen to see on the blabbermouth, um, stories about bob how many different places that bob worked yeah yeah with the record labels and stuff yeah 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 yeah. bob was involved with literally every independent label that went on to do something you know he literally was involved with all of them and and i think that's probably where bob made so many of his connections was you know every band came through all those places and probably ran into bob two or three times right 
but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely a, a different kind of character, man. Somebody I, I've never known anybody like Bob. Yeah. Well, you know, and the, and the thing is, is, is Bob, Bob was not well off at all. No, the, the guy lived, you know, hand to mouth a lot of the time, you know, he, he didn't make a lot of money. Uh, he just did what he did because he loved it mm-hmm. and, and, you know, money and owning homes and fancy cars and, you know, all this other stuff that, that never seemed to be a priority with him. Yeah. He, he just did what he did and, you know, did what he did to get by. And that was, that was good with him. He didn't care. Yeah. He didn't, he never, you know, I, I, you know, he's, it's funny because he used to hound us about monetizing the show. <laughs> he hound both on the air and off the air. I don't yeah, know if he did it to you I off the air. Why, I don't know why you guys don't do like a Patreon and I don't know why you don't have, let the fans like donate money and this, that, and the other. Yeah. And I used to say the same thing back then. I was like, well, why don't you do it? He's like, well, we do got a, we got a PayPal link. And I was like, dude, you know, he had a PayPal link on his website that he never mentioned. Right. You know, it was like, he, he wasn't doing it either, but he thought that we should be doing it, but it, it, it wasn't important to him. Right. He, he wasn't driven. And you know, the, the crazy weird thing, and I guess it's not weird. It's just kind of crazy was it never stopped him from doing stuff. No, not at all. I like, like yeah. I said, money was never the priority with him as far as like, oh, well, I got this gig doing these inside metal documentaries. And the only reason I'm doing this is because, you know, I, I'm going to make a big paycheck. That, that right. wasn't the thing. I was just, I'm doing it because this is what I do. Yeah. And, and, but what I'm saying is whenever, whenever something cool was coming up, somebody would take care of him because he had built those kind of relationships with his, with his friends, with his people, you know, with, you know, as recently as what a year ago, you know, when, when he went to the Metallica show, right. Didn't Jonas Ockerlin just take up, take those guys and put them in a limousine and, uh, well, he did. And, and, and Jonas took care of me and Bob and, and, uh, we went to dinner with, uh, Jonas and he yeah. picked, we, we went to Morton's steakhouse and, uh, you know, he picked up the bill and the whole thing, you know, I was, I was more than prepared to, you know, put down the money and the whatever. And Jonas is like, no, 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 I got this fellas, you know, and I yeah. was like, shit, Jonas is buying us dinner. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's but not for like people can afford it, but regardless, sure. it's just like, I didn't expect that. Well, no, but I mean, I mean, and I don't think Bob expected that ever either. No, it just always sort of worked out that way that Jonas would do this or, you know, if I'm not mistaken, the Metallica guys flew him out for the 40th anniversary shows. And, you know, you know, I mean, you know, he always, he, he made such an indelible mark on the people that he was loyal to for his whole life that they took care of him once they became, you know, once they became something and so many of them became something that he, he, he bought a lot of goodwill, Yeah, you know, true. and, and people were more than happy to give it back to him, which is, is a true Testament to anybody as a man. Right. If people are, if people are lining up to do good things for you, right. You know, that really says something about who you were. Yeah. Well, you know, our, our, uh, friend, lawn friend, mm-hmm. uh, he, for some reason, unfortunately, didn't uh, enjoy that same 
accolades from from people he helped through the years with written and stuff you know uh Mm -hmm. we heard stories that uh you know i helped this band i i promoted that band i did this i did that these guys won't even take my phone call yeah you know yeah well it wasn't that way with bob at all never never heard anything like that from bob ever Mm -mm. so Anyway, uh, you pulled some random clips here. Uh, I did of uh, Bob appearing on the CMS, and you know we Bob always had a great sense of humor, and we were always busting balls and back and forth, and just cutting up and joking, and you know it was always you know we he had a great sense of humor about him. He uh, he he liked what we did because of our unabashed viewpoints and. Mm-hmm. and you know, uh, our attitude that, well, we've got nothing to lose. Yeah. And, and Bob was never, Bob was like so many of our listeners that, that have told us, and Bob told me this, I don't know. He probably told you this too, but Bob always said, you guys say the things that I just can't say. I know. And he, he said that he goes, I wish I could do that, but I can't because I want to come back again. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just like, in, in other words, what Bob was saying in, in modern vernacular is I don't want to get canceled. Exactly. <laughs> and you and I, we do okay in our professional careers that if we, we don't get that next interview with whomever it would be or whatever, because of something we said, we're just like, yeah, who cares? Yeah. So what? Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, you, you, uh, selected four different clips here, which are kind of funny. I, I listened to these earlier and I go, Oh yeah, I remember that. That's pretty funny. Sure. So, uh, let's, let's check out a couple of things here that, uh, okay. Chris pulled, uh, for the show. And, um, this one here is when, uh, Bob is promoting his T radio V gig. Right, right, right. All right, here we go to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It'll be live, streaming live on tradiov.com. And then after that, later that night, they usually put it uh, together as, as where you could just stream it live at any time on demand. So uh, pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I had that, you know, John Bush was my first guest uh, a couple weeks ago. And then last Tuesday, I had Bernie Kay from Sound Barrier and Willie Bass from Black Sheep, uh, both as guests. And uh, this coming Tuesday, Mr. Dawkin will be a guest on the show. Yeah, he's going to be an invite to both Chris and Neely. Anytime they're in LA on the Tuesday, they want to come down, be a part of the show. Open invitation. Nice. Oh, you'll be canceled long before we make it. <laughs> I, I, I think that might happen. <laughs> you'll be canceled long before that happens. <laughs> oh, that was good. Yeah. Now, now this next clip is probably one of the funniest clips. Okay. Of, of of when uh you were you had posted the segment that uh Bob was on. Uh, yeah. and, and you you named <laughs> it uh, Bob likes 10-year-old boys. Right. Mm-hmm. So here here's uh here's Bob talking about one of his relatives googling his name and coming across this and uh, <laughs> thinking that he was like Gary Glitter or something. Right. <laughs> She happens to Google my name, you know, wants to see uh, the stuff I've done. She's interested. She's looking, wow, okay, cool. He's done, you know, Inside Metal DVD, uh, you know, 
uh, interview with Lars and blah, 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 and, you know, uh, uh, all these interviews and stuff, and that's just going down and going down, and all of a sudden on the Google page, Bob Nelbanyan likes 10-year-old boys. (laughs) (laughs) Goes down a little bit further, and uh, Bob Nelbanyan gets his first hand job. (laughs) (laughs) So good. So she's looking at this shit, and she calls me, and she goes, dude, what the fuck is this? I go, what? She goes, it says, uh, there's a, a, a thing on here. I Googled your name, and it says that you're into 10-year-old boys. And I said, and I told her, oh, that's a joke. It's like the classic metal show. And she's like, well, that, that's no joke. She happens to... <laughs> the one was called How, How the Classic Metal Show Ruined Bob Nelbandian's Life. Yep. <laughs> and what's funny is both those clips are still out there too. The the ten year old boy one and the Bob gives his first hand job. They're both still there. Right. And uh, you know, during the show opening tonight, I played the uh the CMS rap that uh, Scribble put together and it says I right. got first hand job from Bob Nelbandian. <laughs> too funny. All right. Uh this one is called Bob Nelbandian as a gangsta. That's right. This was good. All right, let's check this out. Did you hear what Chris said? He said, I have good gaydar. Well, well, there you go. Of course, uh, Chris would know. (laughs) He is into that, uh, what do you call it, the slushy guys? Yeah, Uh, swishy guys. Yeah. Swishy, swishy, slushy, whatever the fuck. (laughs) You gay guys are, are you are you drinking are you drinking tonight, Bob? You sound I, a little, you sound a little slurry. I'm, I've been I've been been getting text from your girl Serena. You got to call in. I'm on my way uh, to the Metallica show. We just stopped off. We're grabbing something to eat, and we're in Oakland right now, and uh, going to the uh, Metallica show at the Fox Theater. So are you yes, are you packing, Bob? Are you are you packing? Being that you're in Oakland tonight, well, you, you know it, dude. You know I'm I'm a hardcore gangbanger. You know how I roll, <laughs> dude. I don't fuck around. That's right. Did, did you hear what? <laughs> oh. I don't fuck around. Yeah. <laughs> so the funny thing, and, and a little backstory on on what we were talking about there. Yeah, uh, I went out to uh, you know L.A. where Bob was having an Inside Metal uh, a screening. Right. And I was out there, and and um, we we did the Inside Metal screening in North Hollywood. And so after the whole thing was over, I was just like, uh, you know let's let's all go out to eat let's go get something to eat and right. uh, i was picking up the tab and so i it was bob and myself and i think serena and a couple other people were with us and i was just like yeah you know where where could we go because it was late and it was right. you know midnight or so and bob knew a place there on the strip in hollywood 24 hour like uh cafe type thing right and the thing is is that uh uh, everywhere you go, uh, and it's more common now because here we are seven, eight years later, these very effeminate males, uh, I, the, everywhere we went, we were sitting there eating breakfast and, and, uh, we were being served. And every guy that worked in this place was one of these very effeminate, gay, faggy guys. <laughs> right. And I go, what is with all these swishy guys around here? 
because they're they're just all sashaying around like faggots. <laughs> and then he goes, and he goes, you know, I never even paid any attention to that, you know, because Bob lived in that area all his life. Right. So that just became like the norm. But, but, you know, me being from the Midwest, I mean, if you see a guy that acts kind of fruity like that, you don't, uh, you know, you're just kind of like, oh, what's, what, what's with that faggot, you know? Right. And, and I mean, you see more of them now, you know, but, but then it was just like these fucking dudes were everywhere, you right. know? And so that's where the whole swishy guy came from the swishy guys. Right. <laughs> so. He thought that was the funniest damn thing is when I said, what's up with these swishy guys <laughs> swishing, just sashaying around and, you know, serving you at all these restaurants and things. It's like, Ugh, okay. Right. <laughs> he, he just, he just thought that was the funniest damn thing. And then this final clip here you picked out, it's called the uh, Bob now and puts Chris in his place. Yeah, this was, this was the week after he was supposed to co-host, but me, Stephanie and Bob or and and, um, John got completely wasted and he was trying to call in. We just didn't take the call because we were so hammered. It was one of, it was, it was the week that you were out wherever you were that you brought John astronomy on the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was at M3. Yeah. So Bob was, it was supposed to be John. It was supposed to be all of us. And Bob was going to do half the show with us. But Steph and John and me, we just got hammered, like blitzed, you know. And so I was barely hosting the show as it was. Then you called in right about the same time that we were supposed to bring Bob on with John Astronomy. Right. So then he he was he had to wait longer. Then he was all fucking bent out of shape that he, you know, didn't drink. And he, you know, he, he kept himself in check for the whole day so that he could do the show. <laughs> and then we wrecked it by just being hammered and not letting him on the show. So he <laughs> yeah, called in the next week to I beat think, me up. And I think the only way that uh, I got your attention was I had to call your cell phone personally. Right. Dude, you have to take this call. You have to take this call. Right. You know, because because I couldn't believe it that uh, I ran into Mark and John and they wanted to come on the show. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So uh, here's uh, here's Bob Nelbandian putting Chris in his place. That's right. And you have your documentary <laughs> screening. And if Chris actually makes the trip out, will you charge him a cover to get in? Absolutely. And it's sit him in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just felt the need to give you guys shit about that. Well, you should, as you should, been, Bob. I, that wasn't I, I right. Could, I could have been knee deep in pussy last week, but instead I was stroking my cock to listening to you, John and Stephanie, and John Astronomy. <laughs> Equal Bob, trade. I, I, I Thank am you very much. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That was a good one, dude. And and pussy <laughs> he was being one of us <laughs> did the, the funny thing too is that whole episode is worth it's called something like bob now puts chris or beats chris's ass or something yeah, like that called beats chris's ass yeah that I'm, I'm gonna recommend if you guys just want one episode of bob on 20 that's the one 
he is so funny in that phone call, just hammering me about, about, you know, not taking his call. And, you know, he really goes in depth about how he was prepared and he, he, he had a bunch of topics ready and, <laughs> and he just kicks my ass for like 30 minutes straight. It's great. Uh, you're denied. It's so funny. And then you're chiming right in with them. You're kicking me while I'm in the barrel as well. You're like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. Yeah. All right. You want to take a phone call? Sure. Why not? All right. Hail and kill. Oh, he's gone. Whoever that was, Uh, they were on hold forever, but, uh, call back whoever you are. Yeah. So I got uh, a question in the comments real quick. Yes. Um, Tanner, Tanner Poppet wants to know our favorite documentary that Bob directed. I, I like the first two, uh, inside metals. I like the, uh, the LA metals or that's the third one. I think the LA metal scene explodes. Yeah. 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 I, I like, I like that one a lot. I mean, I, I liked all of them. I mean, I, I can't say that I, I have a favorite per se, but, uh, the one that resonated with me personally would be the LA metal scene explodes. So that would be the third and fourth, uh, addition. Sure. Well, for me, it's an easy one and it's not only because I'm in them, although that does play a great part in it because, because as, as I said before, it is an honor of my life that I, that Bob graced me with, with letting me be in, but, um, Bay area godfathers, because I was in that scene, you know, I, I was stationed in the military at that time. And I was a part of that scene. And I remembered a lot of the stuff that people had said and stuff like that. So, so for me, it would be the Bay area Godfathers. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously I could pick a uh, band versus brand, which is another one that I enjoyed quite a bit. You know, there sure. were different interviews. I was in that one pretty significantly. And, you know, uh, they, they did a screener for that, uh, prior to the, um, you know, the metal walk of fame induction mm-hmm. ceremony, but, uh, that's another good one. But, uh, sure. if you want me to pick my favorite, it would be that metal, the LA metal scene explodes. I, I enjoyed those two, yeah. uh, you know, back to back, um, episodes. Yeah. They're all really, really good. And just one more, one more quick point I wanted to make about Bob too, you know, about how this guy always took care of everybody in the, the Bay area Godfathers in the credits. And I just noticed it today and I didn't even realize it or maybe I didn't. I forgot. He credited our friend, Omom Rob Kern. Oh yeah. Right. For being the videographer for you. Yeah. And, and, and Rob invited me out to his house because he had a cool place to shoot it. Right. So he invited me out to his house just to shoot, the, to shoot my questions. And Bob sent me my questions and, um, and, and that was like the nicest thing that Bob, Bob reached out to me and was like, who, who did your video work? And I told him and he was like, okay. And he didn't say nothing about it. And then it, and then it just showed up in the credits that Rob Kern was in the, was in the credits of both movies. I was like, that's a fucking stand up guy. You know, he didn't have to do that, but he did. And that, that was very stand up of, of Bob to to, to have consideration for somebody that he clearly did not know at all, but he still took the time to give him credit. You know, I agree. Hail and kill caller. You're on the air. Hail and kill. I'm not, I'm not going to say happy new year. Cause I'm not very happy. Um, with you. I just want to, I just wanted to say that, um, 
Um, Bob now Bambin was one of the coolest people I've ever known. And um, we used to talk a lot. I used to ring him in, in when he was traveling a lot. And he was, right. uh, he gave me all kinds of mentoring and all kinds of stuff. Um, he said some very cool things to me about my music and it was always helpful and um, I'm pretty gutted. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. And, and Bob liked you, man. I know that because Bob, Bob would ask me about, you know, it, it's funny because, and I guess we're pulling the curtain back a whole lot tonight, but Bob, Bob would like to ask, like he would ask me anyway, and probably Neely too. He'd be like, what's the deal with this guy? Or what's the deal with that guy? Is that, you know, he always thought for some reason that we had plants. <laughs> like he, he always thought that like some of Tim's calls were just us like writing shit and that Tim would be, Tim would be the, the fall guy. And and I would always tell him, I'd be like, dude, we don't plant anything. You know, Tim just calls and asks what he asks. And he's like, that guy's fucking great. You know, once he got to knowing you knew him through what, like Facebook, Tim. Well, I, I, no, I, I used to call him. I used to talk to him. Okay. Um, All right. And what, he, what, I, I just know he liked you a lot. He, he definitely was, became a very big fan of Tim James. Well, the one thing I'm kind of upset about is I didn't even know he was sick. And it was funny because at Christmas time, I was, I was on Christmas Day, mm-hmm. I need to call Bob next week. I didn't even know he was sick. Yeah, he, um, I, I mean, dude, look, you know, now that I'm not weeping like a baby, you know, <laughs> I can talk about this a little more, but, um, he, he'd been sick for a while. He'd been sick pretty much most of 2022. And, um, he, he did not want, he didn't want it out there. He just didn't, he, he, you know, the, the few of us that were in his very close circle of friends, you know, that, that he was tight with, he, he really went out of his way to say, you know, don't talk about this. Don't, don't, you know, share this on your show. Don't, don't, don't share it with your friends. Don't share it with people that I know. He just didn't want people to know that. So he, um, you know, he, he very, very much was, uh, you know, wanted it to be private and, I think we all respected that, you know, me and, you know, the only two that I know that knew was myself and, and Matt, Matt Hartnett. And, um, you know, that was by Bob's wishes. That was, you know, I, I know a lot of people that are finding out that he was sick for a while are kind of like, why didn't I know this or why, you know, this or that. And, um, and, um, the truth is, is that, um, you know, that was Bob's call and, you know, he, he had every right to make that call. Well, fair enough. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue, you know, doing what I do to honor people like Bob and you guys too. Holy kill. All right. There goes there goes Tim. There you go. So look at look at Tim. He uh he he made a, a personal friendship with Bob and actually spoke with him on the phone. How about that? Yeah. That's something. So yeah, I mean he um he um he I, I know he liked he liked um he liked him a lot. So yeah. Well, you know, Tim Tim is a overzealous 
music enthusiast. And, you know, obviously Bob did this for his entire career, his entire existence. And, uh, so, uh, Bob, I would say would had a certain, uh, respect for Tim and his passion for his musical, you know, uh, enjoyment. And so they definitely had that in common. Mm -hmm. Yep. Is, are you getting another call or no? No, go ahead. No, Bra- Braverman is trying to call in. I know. I, I gave him the number. He needs to call. Yeah, he's like, put me on. I'm like, I don't oh, control call, that. Calling, calling the cell phone doesn't do any good. So I gave him the number to call. So is it the 800? Yeah. I gave it to him. Oh, did you? Yeah, I sent it to him. Oh, okay. Eric, call the call the studio line, not my cell phone. Okay. Yeah. Oh, did he call your cell? Yeah, he called my cell phone like seven oh. times in a row. And it's like, oh. <laughs> oh, line. yeah, he, um, he just texted me. Let me, there you go. So anyway, yeah. So he's, he's, he, he's, he's got, he's chomping at the bit to come on and tell, tell his Bob Nelbandian. Uh, okay. Alan Kilcaller, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. All right. Are you there or not? Come on. Speak. I'm here. All right. Now we hear you. Yeah. I'm here. All right, Eric, go ahead. I just want to tell you, man, Bobby Malbandy, and I knew him twice as long as you boys. And where did you meet Bob originally, uh, Eric? At a heavy metal concert in Los Angeles, California. When? Well, it was before you were born. I was probably like, like 1986. Okay. And what was the circumstances you ran into Bob and how did you, uh, you know, get to know him and why did you get to know him? Well, I'm the, he's the anti-EB. Well, Eric, you're going to have to get the to the point. Go, go ahead. Okay, you, know, you, know, you, guys, you know, you guys said a little bit ago on the show, I wish I could say what you guys say. Yeah. It's that, it's that same relationship. Yeah, but okay. what, what was Bob doing at the time that made you remember Bob? I, what, what was he doing at the time? He was, doing, he was the only one that could get the same backstage pass as me. Okay. And, and so, like, we're talking like Metallica, Slayer, every band in the world. And then right. we go out there and, and Flotsam and Jetsam, you know, I was working those Flotsam and Jetsam albums in the mm-hmm. mid-80s. He was just on top of that stuff. So yeah. We always, so what was Bob doing at that time? What was his position in the music business to where? Uh, uh, I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought he was a journalist. Then I thought he was a record company executive. Then I thought he was a journalist. So it was like he had his hand in the pot all the time. And he often said, "You, uh, I wish I could act like you, but I can't because I want to have a career in this industry. (laughs) (laughs) And what were you doing at the time? He was smoking weed. (laughs) Smoking weed with... With Jason Newstead or 
Tom Mariah. You know, and I told Tom Mariah this today. He was he was sad. I th- I think all of us are sad, dude, because we all knew Bob, and he was such a straight up guy. Dude, he contributed to the Last Supper Museum. He and also that thing you said where he knew everybody. Like mm-hmm. he like everywhere he went, he was like Mister Polite. Hey, EB, 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 do you know Carl of Carl's Junior fame? Like what? What? No. Oh yeah, this is Carl Junior. You know, he knew everybody in L.A., and he was always polite and introducing. And he and he always sat in a folding chair and watch me do my work. And he always said, I fucking love this. Do it. And, and you know, you go to these Metallica shows now and they charge their grandmother, you know, like $700 for a ticket. Sure. So, yeah, no, there's no joke here. So Kirk Hannah would be like, Grandma, I want you to come to the show. I put you on the list. It's only going to be 700 Bob would be the one person that got a free ticket. It's <laughs> true. There's no joke here. There's no joke here. And he would always say the same thing about us three. I wish I could do what you guys do, but I want a career in this industry. <laughs> well, Bob understood the power of being canceled early on. You think? No, I mean, I mean, I can't remember how many Slayer, Metallica shows. Do you want to hear a funny, incredible Sure. Andy and James Hetfield DB story real quick. Sure. All right. Well, they Metallica went on a tour, and they had that Jerry Cantrell character open up for him. You ever heard of that guy? Yeah, Allison Chains. All right. So, yeah, he was, but he was a solo thing opening up. Yeah. And I think like Mike from Faith No More, and maybe even Robert was out there being tortured. So we're in Las Vegas, and I'm working for their magazine which Stefan Shirazi took over called So What? So I, we, we provided Stefan a career, and it was in Las Vegas. And James Hetfield freaks out because I'm at a meet and greet interviewing the people in the So What Club, their club. And like he freaks out enough, this guy's in the way. Ah! I was like, are my, are my passes being taken care of? You know, being thrown out like James Hetfield, he just loses it. Next day, hey, we're in San Diego. I see Bob. Hey, Bob. Why don't you, or I, I call him Slob. And I'm like, hey, Slob, come hang out with me. We're, you know, and I'm sitting there on the dock, like the loading dock behind the venue in San Diego, like Coors, Coors Light Amphitheater. Okay. And this is right before they put out the Garage Days, re, 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 revisited Garage Days with like Turn the Page and all that. Okay. So they're going, they're going to the studio the next day. So I'm outside. I can't remember if I was, well, I, I know I was smoking weed. And I think I had my left hand around someone's neck. And Bob was sitting there saying, please stop. And then, um... James Hetfield comes walking up like, we got to go. We got to jump behind these trucks and buses because if James sees us, we're done. So why is he walking by, by himself in between trucks and buses behind Coors Amphitheater right now? So James sees me and he goes, hey, hey. I'm like, uh-oh, we're getting fired again. I just want to tell you, 
I just want to tell you, man, I'm sorry about last night. I hope you accept my apology. Well, I was like, you should tell that to Bob. And Bob's just sitting there with his eyes. His eyes were bigger than I ever saw him before. They were like, his eyes were the size of like, you know, ping, ping pong, ping pong paddles. Right. And James says, you know what? You always make us laugh. I'm really sorry. I'm supposed to end this tour and then go in the studio and record Bob Seeger songs tomorrow. I'm sorry. And I hope you guys have, you know, are having fun. He looks at Bob. He looks at Bob. He looks at me. He looks back at Bob and says something like, Hey, man. <laughs> Please. Really? Are you really hanging out with EV? Because he does what we, we can't do. I wish we can do, you know, what he, what he does, which became the backbone of the classic metal show. Well, we all it owed, we owe it all to you, uh, Eric. <laughs> oh, no, not to me. No fucking hell. That's me. I don't know what year that is, but just that story. But sometimes my family, like my family's together having like Christmas holidays. Like, you know, just like Bob says, we'd like to be like you, but we have to have a life. Um, so I just want to say that Bob helped me. Also, he knew a famous artist that he was a roommate with named Howard Teeman. You go on his website, he has the sickest art. And many of his art is has been sold at every smoke shop or head shop in the United States. And he made a serial killer last supper. And Bob made sure that me and Howard got together so Howard could sign that for me and write me a note about the, the history behind it. And like that, and I... This is this is like this year. Okay. Very cool. That's pretty. No, Bob was a ridiculous champion. And that thing about you saying he knew everybody, Chris. Mm-hmm. It, that's an understatement. It's an understatement because we would just go to Carl's Junior. And he's like, <laughs> "Hey, hey, Melissa. Hey, Melissa. Do you know Eb? Eb's hilarious." I'm like, what? And then, then later, you know, we'd be at the Arco. We had to get gas at the Arco. Hey, you guys know EB? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy chefs, yeah. You, you know, the, one of the, another night was uh, Slayer, Slayer performed at Universal Amphitheater. And after the show, there was a big meet and greet thing. And I go in there and I see Bob and I start just telling him how much of a homo he is and all that, you know. And Paul Gray, you ever heard of Paul Gray? Slipknot Paul Gray? Yeah, he's sitting next to Bob. And he's going, I want to be in your Slayer videos. And I will pay you to fly to Iowa and interview us. And I'm like, Bob, help this boy. Help this boy whose brain's playing tricks on him right now. (laughs) And Bob's like, yeah, I don't know if you want to be in Iowa. Um, but these are good, good timey stories. Sure. So anyway, he really, really, really cared about you guys. And I believe that, the, that he didn't tell me he was sick, you know, like five weeks ago. 
was because he knew I would like be showing up with pizzas and Coca Colas and Canadian Club and um, maybe my family, my motorhome, <laughs> snake, <laughs> my dog. <laughs> Bob, you got five weeks to, to live. We're going to fucking Lars's house right now. And he'd be like, oh, we can't just go. We're going to Lars's cat now. Get the fuck out of the bed. <laughs> I, I think that's why, but I think that you, I really appreciate you guys talking about him tonight. Cool. You know, I really appreciate you guys talking about bit, bit him tonight. Like, you said you cried. I cried hard. You know, yeah. you know, you know, I'm an easy cry guy. You know, if I watch the end of Scarface or Patton or, uh, uh, you know, Wendell Neely, Wendell Neely love, love letters between him and the gals, I cry. You know, I cry. And I just am so upended by that. You know, me and Tom Mariah work together every day. And uh, Bob loves Slayer. Mm-hmm. No, he loves Slayer. No, oh, yeah, he did. And he was so no, no, he's so messed up that he thought that I became a connection to Slayer for him. <laughs> That's how fucked up this dude was in my life. AEB, like you know, they did those. They retired, you know, at the forum two nights at the forum. Right. And Bob's like, "What time are you coming in for those?" Like I'm not going to those shows, you bastard. <laughs> we we reti- I'm retired, and and Tom's retired. He's like, you're not going to go to last. I'm like, well, you know, Robert Trujillo, Kirk Hammett. Did you know Kirk Hammett shroomed? Listen, classic metal show. Listen, this. Kirk Hammett went to the last Slayer show and shroomed. <laughs> nice. No, no joke here. Um, so anyway. Thanks a lot, you guys, and it's a tremendous salute to to Bob. And um, he uh, he was the anti EB. Yep, Bob was a good dude. He, he 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 treated people so well, and every time I was turning over like a table, you know, drinks and the food and the table and the throwing the table or throwing a TV out the third story window. He would always be like, dude, E.B., why? Stop. I'm like, I don't even live in Los Angeles. You're supposed to be throwing the TV out. <laughs> no joke here. Are you okay, Wendell? I'm good, Eric. I just... Uh... Well, I just didn't know if you were doing uh, nitrous oxide. <laughs> no, not today, Eric. You know, <laughs> okay. Real quick. Is it midnight there yet, or... Uh, it is only 1054, uh, central time and it is 1154 Eastern time where Chris is. Oh, let me do this real quick. Let me do this real quick for Bob. If you don't mind, do you mind? Go ahead. Do a number, a quick number. All right. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind. Should old acquaintance be forgot and the days of old anxiety, old anxiety, my dear, old anxiety, will drink a cup 
of kindness yet for the sake of old anxiety. And surely you will buy your cup, and I'll surely will buy mine. We'll take a cup of kindness yet for the sake of of old anxiety. Thank you, Bob Now Bandian. Fucking cool dude. Happy New Year to all the classic metal fans of the world. And certainly Wendell and Chris, who definitely paid their dues in it. And just thank you for being such a good friend to him. All right, Eric. Appreciate you checking yeah, in. You have to understand. He loved you guys. Yep. We, yep, we, we know. We're all, we're all we a know. big family, Eric. All right, well, I'm going to go back to, uh, I got to go back to work. You know, I'm working the bar and I got to <laughs> broom the peanut shells and the sawdust off the floor for the Cowboys. Right. And then also, you know, fire a couple rounds into the air and just thank you guys. And thanks for letting me say that for Bob. And am I allowed to request one song? Yeah, go ahead, Eric. I'll, I'll make it the song that we go out of this segment with. I love you guys. So I think for this one, and this could make some sense to some people, and Bob would understand, just go ahead and play Disposable Heroes. Seriously, no bullshit. Mm. Okay, we'll do it. I can do that. All right, Eric. I love you guys. Happy New Year, everybody. I'll talk to you all soon. All right, see you, Eric. Right, man. See ya. <laughs> all right, bye. All right. Well, there, there goes Eric. Well, here's the question. Do we hang in here for three minutes for the new year? <laughs> sure. I, there's no reason not to. Yeah, no reason not to at this point. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know what, man? And maybe this is a good way to end the new year is by celebrating, you know, our friend. Right. You know, going into the new year on a on a good memory of a good dude. That's That's okay. I agree. You know, so, I, you know, again, uh, you know, one of the things that I look forward to doing in January was going to NAM, you know, which sure. of course that got upended, you know, due to the whole COVID thing. And I believe it's going to be in April this year, and then it's going to get back into January of the following year. But, uh, okay. if I attend NAM again, it, it certainly isn't going to be the same. It's not going to be yeah. the same at all. It'll feel hollow. It'll, it it'll definitely feel hollow. It it just won't be the same without uh, the leader the leader of uh, Nelbandian's Merry Men, as mm -hmm. he as he led us through the halls of uh, Nam and you know greeted everybody who uh, who knew him and uh, you know he he also introduced me to um, uh, producer what's his name I, I today my my mind is just no, dude I'm, I'm with you man everything's yeah, a blur today. You know, I, any other day i could think of all the names of the people that he introduced me to and, sure. and uh, today i i'm just drawing a blank well dude the, the reality is is we're both pretty shook up i am i i know i am i am very very shook up yeah everything's a, everything's a blur but but you know Anyway, you, you met a producer guy that's famous and yes. think of the name sometime. Roy, Roy Z. Roy Z. Okay. Yeah. He introduced me to Roy Z, which was very cool. And, and, you know, getting to know him a little bit and, you know, that was very cool. And, uh, who, who produced the, uh, Megadeth, uh, albums, Max Norman, Max Norman. He introduced me to Max Norman. 
Yeah. And then you got a video of Max for me, which yeah, was I, awesome. I know. So, so, uh, you know, even though, uh, you know, I was away in LA and ran into these different people, I tried to bring you in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, had it not been for Bob, uh, I would have never got to meet those people or, or get to know them. And, you know, mm-hmm. he asked me, Hey, Hey Max, this is my friend Neely. This he's from the classic metal show. And, you know, anybody who knew Bob, if you were a friend of Bob's, you were a friend of them, you know? Yeah. And everybody was a friend of Bob. So, <laughs> so the relationships there were, were pretty awesome. So, uh, yeah, exactly. anyway, so I appreciate it, Bob. Thank you. And, uh, you know, you're going to be deeply missed. Already are man. Already are just, a just a sad time, but I'm glad that we actually did do this tonight. Cause as much as I didn't want to do this, you know, originally it's, um, it's, it's been plenty cool and it's been cool to remember some of these moments and, and I'm sure we will again, you know, I mean, that's, that's the one thing about the show. This show is that there's so much audio out there and so many fun times that we had. I'm sure we'll revisit it from time to time. Bob doesn't, Bob doesn't just disappear. No, he, you know, he's, he'll be, he'll be with us forever. He's a permanent fixture on the, on the CMS. I agree. You know, very much a permanent forever as much as me or you, you know, at least in my mind, he's a, he's a permanent, permanent piece of the classic metal show. So Godspeed, my friend, you know, I'm, I, um, you know, gonna miss you. I agree. Well, if you're on the East coast, happy new year, everyone. Yeehaw. So it's 2023. Okay, good. I, I still have an hour in 2022, so I'm going to suffer for, for <laughs> <laughs> well, you have another hour of, of shitty, shitty year to go while well, you can, while well, you can, uh, bask in the anew. Yeah. I can start, start getting past this bullshit year. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we'll play, uh, we'll play Eric's request here. Some Metallica with disposable heroes. We'll, uh, dedicate it to our friend, Bob Nobandian and, um, uh, We'll come back and what, maybe do another hour. Can you hang in? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm all right now. Now I got a little buzz going. I'm good. All right. All right. Well, to Bob, uh, Bob, no one of the, one of the best ever, uh, a tragic loss in 2022. And well, here it is, Bob. This is from your friend, uh, Eric, Eric Braverman. And for all the fans of heavy metal and hard rock around the world, it's uh, Metallica with the disposable heroes exclusively here on your classic metal show. Thanks for checking out this episode of the classic metal show. Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out the Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. Hand job! <laughs>